All right, for those who didn't look at the Facebook page, which is everybody, of course, some people may have looked at it and decided not to come. <laughs> so that's always the case there, too. <laughs> there was an article that was out the, uh, that came out this time. There's a new group, and this is a political group, but it's an interesting, interesting group. The group is called No Labels. How many of you have heard about this yet? Anybody heard about No Labels? What this is is a group of people, and if you find out who's, in, who's involved in it, you can know exactly why they did what they did and who this group is. But they came up with this thing, No Labels, and what it is is it's a, a group of political people that say, we all just need to get rid of all the labels, and just, you know, instead of all this bickering, all this fighting, because the American people don't want fighting, they don't want bickering, they want us just to all get along and, and, uh, and get things done. That was what their take us from the election and so forth that have uh, going on. Well, here is the L.A. Times reporting from Washington. Now, we're not staying on political. I'm just introducing this. We have a, as I was pondering this, I came across a, a Christian principle in here, and I want us to get into that here tonight. Reporting from Washington, L.A. Times. I understand I did not find this out by reading the L.A. Times. I found this out and said, well, who's got an article on it? And I found the L.A. Times article. Galvanized by lightning, uh, yeah, lightning in a bottle success of conservative Tea Party candidates, moderate Republicans and others in the political center are looking for ways to push back against what they see as an advancing tide of ideological extremism. The efforts are loosely organized and embryonic, but politicians, advocacy groups, and others are piercing together a framework to promote moderate candidates in advancing positions they say have been eclipsed by partisan sniping on the right and left. Middle America is being ignored by Washington and the media. Centrists are desperate for a voice today. They feel entirely unrepresented, said Mark McKinnon, a political strategist and former advisor to President George Bush. The Tea Party has tapped into voter frustration and anger, he said, but does not represent millions of Americans in the vast middle. The moves reflect political divisions that have only grown deeper as Tea Party-backed insurgents have toppled candidates supported by the GOP established around the country. Of course, a lot of the people that uh, the GOP wanted to be in there, the, the, of course, GOP is the Republicans, uh, got voted out because the people didn't want them, the leaders did. The, the, the uh, Republican leaders did, so they all got lost. Here is, um, according to the group, no labels, this is their declaration. We are Democrats, Republicans, and Independents who are united in the belief that we do not have to give up our labels, merely put them aside to do what's best for America. Here's a declaration. We are not labels, we are people. We care deeply about our country. We are frustrated and concerned about the tone of politics. We are passionate about addressing America's challenges. We are Democrats, Republicans, and Independents. Most importantly, we are Americans. We believe hyper-partisanship is destroying our politics and paralyzing our ability to govern. We may disagree on issues, but we do so with civility and mutual respect. We believe in the vital civil center, a place where ideas are judged on their merits. We believe that together we can make the future better and brighter and give us what we all deserve, a government and political system that works, one driven by shared purpose and common sense. We believe our politics can change so the government will work again and produce better results. The consequences, consequences of inaction have never been greater because the issues we face have never been more serious, more complicated, and more dangerous. And yet we have, have a crisis of governance, a crisis that compels us to work together to move America forward. We must put aside our labels and put the issues and what's best for the nation first. A promising future awaits us. So here's our question. If we all take all of our labels and put them aside, do we have a better future? 
Now, this all started out in the political realm, and you all know we have some political labels. And, uh, and we were, I told you mine. I, I know what my political labels are. I know, first off, I am not labeled as a Republican, I am not labeled as a Democrat, and I am not labeled as an Independent. I don't hold any of those labels because I don't hold on to either of those parties. I hold on to the, to the uh, label of conservative. And I always define that for people because that can mean a whole lot of things to people. They're always out there trying to, to blare it this way. I believe that the government should be small. I believe the government should be the size that the Constitution dictated it should be. And I believe the government should spend within its means. I believe the government should not be using its strong arm to tax people out of, exist out of existence. That if there is a financial problem, that the government should tighten its belt the same way that the people have to tighten theirs. I believe that people's money is their money. Just as I believe that people's land is their land and people's cars are their cars. If you listen to the way politicians talk today, how many have heard the politicians talking about the, the, or the labels on them, the Bush tax cuts? Now, how many of y'all know there was no tax cut? The Bush tax cuts votes, folks, were a change in the tax rate. And they say we can't afford the Bush tax cuts. If you, hold, if you hear anyone, I don't care who they are, anyone who says we cannot afford a tax rate change such as these things are, comes under the opinion that they believe all money is the government's. And they let you keep some of it. Because when they're, they're out there talking about right now that we can't afford, how many have heard, we can't afford to, to hold on to these rates? For a long time we heard that. We can't afford that. Well, these rates have been in play for 10 years. They were going to expire because that was the longest that they could put them in for was for 10 years. They were going to expire and go back to the old rates. You know what the old rates were? The Clinton rates. You know who introduced the uh, decision to uh, go back to, to hang on to the, the... I thought this was hysterical. Who introduced the decision to stay on to the Bush rates? Clinton. Obama uh, handed off the, the podium to him. And he <laughs> announced it all, that whole thing. But it's just, it was, it was comical. But it's not. They put a label on it. See, the idea is to put a label on it. First off, it's a tax cut. And we're, we can't afford to give the rich people tax cuts. Folks, it's a tax rate change. That's what it changed before. They also want to say, well, we'll see if this has any effect. The same tax rates have been in effect for the last 10 years or the same ones are going to be in effect next year. What change can you expect? What people were afraid of was if you, rose, if you increased the rate, what effect would that have on the economy? But that's not what's being talked about. Then we got into all the other different tax cuts and different things that had gone on and, and so forth. And you know what? I don't want to get into a uh, uh, study of the economy. But some of the things that they're focused on, folks, they're, they're putting a different label on things and what's actually there. And they change the, how we look at it. But anyway, that's what's going on. They're talking about that. Of course, in all the 10 years that these things were in play, they were talking about how bad they were and how they weren't going to help. And now, all of a sudden, if we don't do it, we're going to be in recession. <laughs> I thought that was awful funny that the people who picked on it, and of course, for all these years, everyone's labeled these tax rates as for, for the rich, that they weren't going to affect the, the low and middle class people. But now, who are they saying, well, we have to preserve the low and middle class tax cuts without giving the rich theirs. Well, how can you keep the low and middle tax cuts in if there weren't any? <laughs> so it's just, see, labels are, it's important that we understand labels. Because people put labels on stuff, and the label is ineffective. And if you, if you buy into the label, it's, it's going to mess you up. So I went through the Bible. I started thinking think about this from a biblical standpoint. 
from a biblical standpoint. Does God use labels? Well, did God label people? I went through and I just, I just pulled out a handful of guys. I might per- now, Ethel put a nice little thing up there on, the, on Facebook for all of you who don't go there. I enjoyed it. I know Rashawn did too. But that's about all I know. <laughs> she put up there about how she you know, had some fun meditating on some things that, that had come out. And so this is just another thing, just kind of prod you a little bit for some things for you to meditate on. Does God use labels? In Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1, speaking about Noah, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are... Is that a label? He has labeled Noah and his family as righteous and the rest of the people as... Is that a label? Uh, It is to me. Genesis chapter 17, verse 5. Speaking about Abraham. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be... For I have made you a father of many nations. What's Abraham mean? What's God doing to him? Putting a label. Is God not putting a label on this guy? Look, I've called you a father of many nations. Now look, I'm going to put a label in that everyone else can see. As soon as you come up, who are you? I am the father of many nations. What's he doing? He's advertising the label now. God has been calling him the father of many nations for a long time, but now we're going to put a sticker on you. And everyone else is going to be able to see you are the father of many nations. Over in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 9, So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Is that not a label? Has God not labeled Abraham as one who is believing? One who is faith-filled? How would you like to have that label? Nobody? (laughs) I take that label. This is a good label. I like that one. I would like to be labeled believing. This would be a good label. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Those who are of faith are those who are labeled as faith, as being in faith. Do they not have to carry that label? Now, labels are not bad. I don't know why labels have a bad idea, but when you go out, I don't know if you're like me, but if I go out clothes shopping, one of the things I look at beside the tag, now the tag tells me the price, but the label tells me what I'm in for. Doesn't you, don't you go to, I don't know about you, I go to the label. If I buy this garment, do I have to dry clean it? That influences my decision. If I have to dry clean it, you know, if I buy a pair of slacks that have to be dry cleaned, that's $5 every time I want to clean them. I don't like that. I would much rather be able to put them in the wash machine and wash them. So I look at that on the label. Now some, you know, you want some kind of a wool slack, you have to get some dressy ones. Yeah, I guess you have to have that in there. But if I can, I try and find the pants that say machine washable. All right. If I'm going to spend two or three dollars more for a pair of slacks that says machine washable as compared to a dry clean, I make that up the first time I clean them. <laughs> this is all right. I like this label tells me something. The label can tell me what the fabric is. Maybe some people don't like wool. Some people don't like cotton. Some people don't like a lot of polyester. There might be a certain fabric that you don't like. And so you look at the label because the label is going to tell you what you're in store for. What goes on with that? What, if you go out there and look up for athletic stuff, uh, long sleeve, short sleeve, whatever kind of things you're going to go in, there's a label on it that tells you not only what it's made of, it tells you what its intended purpose is. Because there are some, some things that you can put on and if you just feel them, 
I mean, they may be long sleeve, but you just feel them. Some of them are for cool weather, and some of them are for cold weather. You all know there's, there's a difference between cold weather and cool weather. What we have right now is cold. Some might even say frigid. This is nasty. Cool weather is not this. This is not cool. We have a different thing for that. And so you look at the tag, and the tag will tell you this is intended for cool. This is intended for cold. Some fabrics that you get, you know, Gore-Tex was a big one that's out there. It's waterproof. It's intended for rain. Some other ones were not. Some of them were not intended to be in the rain at all. They're going to leak. But the label will tell you its intended purpose. It'll tell you what it's made out of. It'll tell you how you got to take care of it, which all, all the stuff you got to do. And this is important stuff to know. If you walked up to a piece of clothing and there was nothing, no tag, no, no label on it, would you buy it? No, because I don't know how to take care of it. I need a label. We, we need to know what that is. Uh, you know, if you go out, I don't know about you, you ladies, but me men, at least this, this guy, if I go out and buy undershirts, I won't buy 100% cotton undershirts because I know what will happen when I wash them. They shrink and then they're uncomfortable. So i got to find a 50-50 mix. So I go through and I've... Cotton. Nope, don't want that one. <laughs> I want a 50-50 mix and I want it to be a certain size. And generally I like a certain make because I know what to expect out of a certain make. So I just... I just stay with that, that certain thing. And I look for the label. If I find an undershirt that's out there there's no label on it, I'm not buying it. I don't care if they're on sale. It may not be exactly what I want it to be. So the labels that we have, they're important. And yet, we have the things going on in society right now is we're, we're shunning labels. Who needs? Oh, no. Labels are bad. Oh, we shouldn't have labels. You know what, folks? Have labels. There's nothing wrong with having a label. Just don't be embarrassed about your, your label. If you carry a label of being a Democrat, carry the label pro. If you carry a label of being a Republican, carry that label pro. If you carry a label of being a Christian, you should carry that label proud. If you carry a label of being a full gospel Christian, you should carry that label proud. We should have no trouble with labels. I told you before, I was labeled a long time ago, I was labeled a post-tripper. That was a label, right? <laughs> I wasn't a pre-tripper, I was a... Post-tripper. That's a label I carried. I since changed and went from that and picked up another label. I got rid of this label. I got, but uh, the whole time I had the label post-tripper, you know what? I was proud of that label. I let everybody know, this is what I believe. I was proud of that. Now that I meet people, I'm a pre-tripper. I'm, I'm proud of that one too. I'm proud of being having a label as a Christian. I am proud of having a label of a conservative. I'm proud of that label. I like that label. I'm not, I'm, I can be in a room full of liberal people. And I can love them all. I don't have to hate them. <laughs> and I, I'll hold up, up my, uh, my end of it. Now here's a, here's a way you can tell. This is, this is a label, y'all. How many Eagles fans do we have? Philadelphia Eagles fans. Now how many of you have a label at home? I have a label at home. How many of y'all have a label, a label at home? A jersey. How many of you have a Philadelphia Eagles jersey? Or a shirt? That's a label, isn't it? Doesn't that label you as a Philadelphia Eagles fan? If you go to the vet for an Eagles game, how many of you are proud to wear your game? It is televised and they show the whole sea of all the fans. How many of them have jerseys on? 
like four-fifths of them have jerseys on. All over the place, they've got jerseys. Philadelphia Eagles jerseys. And then, of course, you find a few. You don't have to play in the Giants. You find a few Giant ones and a few Cowboys ones that are playing the Cowboys or, or whatever it might be. You'll find a few of the other ones. And they, they're labels in there. But how many of y'all, as confident as you are about wearing that Philadelphia Eagles label at the vet, or not vet, the old link, or old, uh, old-timer, if you went over to Giant Stadium, how many of you may not wear your label? How many you might leave your label at home? Now, you're not ashamed of that label, but you're not necessarily wanting to promote that label in this atmosphere. This is not necessarily the place that we'd want to be. <laughs> right? Abraham is given a label and he says, I want you to go out there and no matter where you are, you're going to tell people, I'm Abraham. Genesis 25, verse 26, Jacob, afterward his brother came out and his, his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob, which means heel catcher, deceiver. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore him, and Jacob lived up to his name. He was a deceiver. How would you like to have that label put on you? <laughs> What's your name? Jacob. Oh. Oh, I know what you're about. You're a deceiver. <laughs> That's not necessarily a great label. And uh, God agreed and later on changed his name. He said, you know what? We're going to get rid of that label. We're going to give you a different one. And he called his name. Anybody remember what, what name he put on? Yeah, he changed it. I like this label better. Joseph. What was the label? I didn't put anything on the outline. I just put Joseph. What was his label? There you go. He was a dreamer, right? What did his brothers call him? Dreamer. What did his parents call him? Dreamer. What did the people in prison call him? Interpreter of dreams. He's a dreamer. He had this label. <laughs> Wherever he was at, he had this label. And that apparently worked out well for him later on. Not in the beginning. Israel. The whole nation. Israel had a, had a label. In Exodus 32, we're not going to read this whole section, but I put it in there, so if you want to go back and read it on your own, you can. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, and brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Has God put a label on these folks? Is he, is he just pinpointing what they have done? No. He is labeling them, isn't he? What is the label that he has put on them? You are a stiff-necked people. This is, this, is who you, this is who you are. This is what you've been doing. Since I met you, this is what you've been doing. You keep going this way. You are a stiff-necked people. And he said, you have corrupted yourselves. He put two labels on them, corrupt and stiff-necked. That's a label God put on them. I'm not arguing with God. God puts a label on people. I guess you, know, you can put labels on people. But, you know, God puts good labels on people. Sometimes we put bad labels on people. Sometimes we look at the wrong things. And we, we shouldn't necessarily do that. You know, now that, uh, that Michael Vick has come into some popularity, how many of y'all know that some people still want to put the old label on him? And I told you from the time that the Eagles signed him. I, I heard Tony Dungy talk about him. I heard other people talk about him. And I heard he's a changed man. I said, and I think he's proved himself that he needs, he's deserved a second chance and he is no longer under that old label. 
I love hearing him talk every time he's giving praise and glory to God. He's, he's a, as far as I know, and I haven't met him, but Tony Dungy has. I trust Tony. And Tony says he's born again. So you know what? I think he is. I'm going to put that label on him instead. Born again, the old has gone. So I don't look at Michael Vick as the uh, dog whatever guy, whatever it was that he was doing. I don't know. I think I brought it up to you, but Deshaun Jackson was interviewed after a game a few weeks ago, a number of weeks ago. And he, uh, uh, I think it was a Giants game. And they had said something, and he was all mad. And he says, we went in that locker room, and we came out of there like pit bulls. Yeah. <laughs> We're just ready to go. <laughs> and then they all started picking on him for, do, for saying that. Oh, that was a bad choice of words. No, it wasn't. For Deshaun Jackson, he didn't look at Michael Vick with the old label anymore. He looked at him differently. I thought, that's fine. Don't go picking on Deshaun for all that sort of stuff. And don't go picking on Michael either. Let Michael walk in what he is now. You may have had a label before, but how you know, no, you can get out from that, underneath that label. Well, verse 21. And Moses said to Aaron, Why did this people, what did this people do to you that you have brought so great sin upon them? So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. Is that a label? Is Aaron not putting a label on these people? Is Aaron wrong? <laughs> no, he's not wrong. He may be trying to cover up what it is that he did, but Aaron is not wrong. This, these folks are set on evil. If there is an evil choice, good choice, evil choice, we know what they're picking. They will pick the evil choice every single time. Right? If you're in... The, uh, at the Red Sea, and the army of Egypt is behind you, you can either praise God or curse God. Which will you pick? If you are in a place where there's no water, you can either praise God or you can curse God. Which one do you want to do? If you run out of food, you can either praise God or you can curse God. Which would you like to do? Which one did they always pick? So is Aaron wrong? No. Folks, you've got to understand something. You may get upset at some of the labels that are on you. But being upset doesn't mean that they're wrong. <laughs> Aren't Wednesday nights fun? I know y'all just love them. <laughs> Come on, just because somebody calls you a label that is not a good label doesn't mean that the label is wrong. It may be right. You know, we got, we, and we, we do sometimes have a focus on, on some labels, folks, that we just don't need to be focused on. And sometimes we put things on labels that we don't need to do. Right now, we told you before after the last election that this country was going to have a greater focus on race than it ever was before. I warned you all. I told you all what you needed to do to make sure it didn't have that same effect upon you. But you all know that people want to be labeling people black and white and whatever other race that they want to do. And you know what? The black folks in this country ought to stand up and say, Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Born that way. Yes, and the white folks ought to stand up and say, Yes, I am. I was born that way too. <laughs> That's all. Well, you know, God has some folks that are black and some folks that are white and some folks that are uh, whatever you want to call oriental color or some folks that are brown and Latinos or whatever. You, God's just good that way. <laughs> He's all right. And, you know, there's some differences between black folks and white folks. How many of y'all know that? Maybe you haven't noticed. There's some differences in the things we cook. There's some differences in the things we enjoy. Glory to God. That doesn't mean that we're enemies. 
It means we enjoy. Oh, can I try some of that? I never, I never tried that before. Can I have some of that? Boy, that smells good. <laughs> and just enjoy things. I mean, we don't have to deny it. You don't have to deny those things at all. I remember one time we had a, uh, the first time we did an interracial wedding here at the church. We, uh, we had that and, and there was tension in the family. I knew that there was tension in the family about this wedding. And so we got on in there and we did the little sermon part. I opened it up this way. You know, when so-and-so had announced the groom's name, I said, when, when they came up to me and they, uh, they uh, told me that they wanted to get married, um, so-and-so didn't need to tell me that he was black. I knew that. And, 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 and she didn't need to tell me she was white. I knew that one too. <laughs> and we just got right into it. And by the time they got finished, both families were a little bit more at ease with each other. Now, that wasn't anything in recent history, and you probably, most of the folks here would not even know probably who I'm talking about. Some people would, but most people wouldn't. But there was tension there, and we tried to give them some things to help them get started out. Because you know what? Just to be tense because folks are a different race is just stupid. But some people hang on to that. Well, we know about what God does. Why don't we take a look at this? How about Jesus? Does Jesus label people? Well, if he did things like the Father did, I'm kind of assuming that he probably did. James and John, Mark chapter 3 and verse 17. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name, whatever that is, and that is sons of thunder. Is that a label? How about Thomas? Now, Thomas called the, the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of his nails, put my finger into the print of his nails, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, who put that label on Thomas? Thomas did. No one else is talking about Thomas. Thomas said, unless I do this, I will not believe. He has labeled himself an unbeliever. And you know what? He's not ashamed. He is not ashamed. It's about time we stand up for the labels that we're willing to hang on to. We should not be ashamed of them. Stand up for them. I am this. I'm a Christian. I'm a full gospel Christian. I'm a tongue-talking Christian. I'm a Christian who believes that Jesus is the healer. Stand up for it. Don't be hiding. Now, Thomas, we're looking at this. This is not a great label. But Thomas says, hey, this is where I'm at. Unless, unless I see that, I'm not believing. No, no. Not going to do it. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my sides and reach your hand here. And put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. What's Jesus saying? Get rid of that label. It's not good. It's not a good label. This is a better one. I'm giving you opportunity. Get rid of this one and pick up this one. Get rid of the unbelieving label and pick up the believing label. Be one of those that's believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. How many of you folks have seen? So I guess you're blessed, huh? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to see to believe, did you? You believed. So he's saying, get rid of that label. I see that label on you, but you can get rid of that label. You can pick up this one. You know, we may not be able to get rid of the label that our skin color was. But I'll tell you what, some folks can get rid of the label that their hair color is. You know, how many people get tired of being called the blonde? Well, we can fix that. Some people got tired of being called a brunette. We can fix that too. 
Some folks want to call me gray, and they can fix that, but I haven't let them. <laughs> Matthew 26, verse 34. Jesus said to him, Peter, Assuredly, I say to you, that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I had to die with you, I would not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Has Peter denied Christ yet? No. But what is Jesus saying his label is? You're going to deny me. You are a denier. Didn't say betrayer. He said denier. That's what you are. There is no evidence of this yet. None. He hasn't denied it yet. He's been pretty bold so far. Now he's called a denier. Later on, he's called a shepherd. In John chapter 21, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you more than these. And he says, feed my lambs. Later on, he says, tend my sheep. Later on, he says, feed my sheep. What's he calling them to do? I want you to, I want you to pick up this label. Peter, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pick up the label of a shepherd. I want you to tend my sheep. I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to care for the lambs. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pick up this label. Will you do this for me? I want you to pick up this label. You know, sometimes God has done that to other people. Sometimes God has come up to somebody and says, you know what? I want you to be a prophet. Paul, I don't want you to be a persecutor anymore. I want you to be a preacher. I want you to be an apostle. Will you do that for me? Will you get rid of that and pick this one up? Because this that's is what I want you to do. He's giving them a label. I want you to pick this up. And so from that point on, Paul went out there. And what did Paul call himself? Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ. What's he doing? He is proclaiming the label. God said, I want you to become an apostle for me. Yes, sir. And he went out there and told everybody, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle. Kept going out there and saying, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle for Christ. This is what we do. Picked up that label. Peter had a label to pick up. Judas, John, John chapter 13, verse 10. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are all clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said to him, You are not all clean. Now we know at the Last Supper, at the same, same time, that he went over and he gave the, the bread to him. And he told him to go do it. He saw him as a betrayer. He knew he was the betrayer. At some point during the time, he became known that he was a betrayer. Now, here's my favorite one. I like this one. Out of all the other ones, this is my favorite one. Matthew chapter 15. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he answered her, Not a word. And his disciple came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What label did he just put on Israel? Lost sheep. And also the ones that he sent to. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So Israel is labeled as children, and she is labeled as? And a little dog. I'll tell you what, there's a difference between a dog and a little dog. Little dogs can be particularly irritating. Now, we've got a little Tucker at home, but he is a bit of an exception. He has, he has shed some of the small dog irritating traits. My daughter has a dog that has every one of them in full bloom. If you want to see what a little irritating dog is, you ought to just go up there. It's even driving her nuts. She's ready to take it out to the backyard and not bring it back. 
<laughs> but little dogs, they just have some traits about them that you just want them to just <clears throat> knock it off. They can. He calls her a little dog. I don't know if he had all that in mind, but that's what he said. <laughs> and when I hear it, that's what I think of. Little dogs. We have a little term for it. LDS, little dog syndrome. It's not good to take the children's bread. Here's a label over here, children, and throw it to the little dog. So he's just labeled her a little dog. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dog. She didn't even change the label. She just totally accepted it. Here's the thing. If God puts a label on you, don't argue. Don't argue. If God puts a label, God is talking to you in your prayer time, and God puts a label on you, do not argue. If God says you are not a believer, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How can I change that? Don't argue. Don't sit there and argue. Yeah, I am too. No, if God says you are this, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What can I do to change that? That's all. Because <laughs> God's not wrong. Ever. He's always right. Just, just listen to him. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Boy, he, she just went from having the label of a little dog to great faith. Woman of great faith. That's a better label. How many of y'all like that label better than little dog? Absolutely. Boy, the, the label didn't change because she argued with him. I'm not a little dog. That is not nice. <laughs> didn't your mother teach you better than to call? <laughs> she, she didn't get there by arguing with him. She got there by acting out the other label. The other label was great woman of faith. She acted that one. And that counteracted the other label that was put upon her. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So she went from a dog to a woman of great faith. All right. Should we wear labels? Well, we already went over this part, but why are they used? They are used this way. They First off, they identify characteristics both good and bad. Using the example of the cloth, they identify good and bad characteristics of that cloth. They establish the proper treatment. And they distinguish the intended use. That's what a label does. It identifies characteristics, both good and bad. Establishes proper treatment and distinguishes the intended use. When God puts a label on you, there is a characteristic of that label, there is a treatment, and there is a use. You should find out what those things are. Well, does this have any benefit for the kingdom? Does this label have a benefit for the kingdom? Does the label little dog have a benefit for the kingdom? No. Does the label great faith woman have benefit for the kingdom? Yes. Now, still, we're going through this. And you'll be thinking about things. You can still think of people out there that are that don't like labels. They want to be like this group we talked about in the beginning. No labels. Let's just get away from labels. Anyone who is desirous of getting rid of labels that have been put on them or that they have picked up themselves. Anyone. I did some meditating on this part. And this is what I came up with. The people who want to shed a label are those that are first off either ashamed of its proclamation. They are ashamed of what the label proclaims about them. It may be true, but they're ashamed of it. Did we skip past Gideon? How did I ever do that? Because you all know I love getting into Gideon. I so much enjoy Gideon. And he's in here in the end. We've we got to go back over there and look at that. Went right past Gideon. Cannot do that. Why don't you all stop me? Then say, what about Gideon? 
Judges chapter 6, And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Orphrah, or Ophrah, which uh, belonged to Joash, the Abrezite, which was while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What is that? That's a label. That's a good label. <laughs> man, that's a nice label. How many of y'all think this label is wasted? <laughs> this, this label is wasted on this guy. This is no, what's God thinking? He came over and put this label, mighty man of valor. Well, he put the label of Abraham on, Abraham, father of many on, father of one. Originally, but by the time God changed his name, I think he was father of one. I think he had already had, had that part done. But that's still not father of many. Not father of many. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? If, if an angel shows up and says to you, Mighty man of valor. We've got two reactions. First one is, thank you. I always knew that. Yes. I, I, you know, I felt that on the inside. I just knew that's what I was about. Thank you for telling me that. Or the other one is, we avoid it. Now, you just think of it this way. If someone were to come up to you and say, boy, you look attractive today. Sometimes, if we had been working on it, we say, thank you very much. If we feel like we just woke up and the hair's out of place and the stuff isn't right, what do we say? Oh, get out of here with that. You Stop pulling my leg. What do we do? We're ashamed of it, aren't we? We're ashamed of it. And that's what he does. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us. The Lord didn't say he's with us. He said, the Lord is with you. <laughs> Mighty man of valor. He is ashamed of this label. He does not see that he is worthy of this label. He is ashamed of this label. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Isn't that the way people are? Oh, if the Lord is really in control, why is all this evil around? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Boy, did we just not hear what he said? Why? Because we're ashamed of the label. We're ashamed of that. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. <laughs> this, this is just funny. Go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. How many of y'all know he is not accepting this label? This is not it. Most people who want to shed a label are first off ashamed of its proclamation. They're ashamed of it. Gideon is one. Thomas is another. Thomas is actually ashamed to be a disbeliever, but this is where I am. And so when he's given the opportunity to get rid of it, he does. Here's the second one. Most people want to shed a label are either ashamed of its proclamation or protest its revelation. They are either ashamed of its proclamation 
or they protest its revelation. You see this in the political arenas? As soon as somebody comes out and exposes what someone is trying to do, what do they do? That's not right. No, that's a, oh, they're, they're messing with, oh, that's not, that's not right. That, oh, no, no, no. They protest its revelation. That's what they do. We're either ashamed of its proclamation or we protest its revelation. That's what the people are trying to get rid of a label. You know what, folks? If you've got a label, wear it. I think if people in Congress have made a bill, they should stand up and say everything it is and like they're proud of it instead of having to hide so much of it from us. If you're, if you're proud of that bill, stand up for it. Get up there and, and say something about it that's good because there's a whole lot of nasty stuff going on in that thing. You know, even this budget bill they're putting in. You know how much nasty stuff is in this budget bill? Do you know how much horrible stuff is in this thing that they could not get through otherwise but now they're trying to bury it in this budget bill? Terrible stuff. Wasteful stuff. Spending money like there's no tomorrow in this budget bill that's so necessary. And this compromise bill that they're, they're working on. Put all kinds of junk in it. Call it what it is and be proud of it or get rid of it. Here's the, here's the key. Labels are to be or what we should look for at, what we should look at labels as. Labels are to be first off, moved on from or attained to. Labels should be either moved on from or attained to. Thomas was labeled an unbeliever. He should move on from that, right? He should attain to a believer. And Jesus says to him, stop being unbelieving, be believing. Peter was a denier. He should move on from that, right? Not deny it. Move on. You know what? I was a denier. I didn't even realize that was in me, but yet apparently there, there it was. I was a denier. Now, I'm going to move on from that. I'm going to become a non-denier. I'm going to become one who stands up to you or for you to this world. Labels are to be moved on from or attained to. Never should they be covered up. If you have a label in your life that you are ashamed of, get rid of it. Move on from it. If you are not proud of every single label that you carry, then you ought to question yourself whether you ought to have it. Or question yourself, why am I ashamed of it? And why am I ashamed of being a tongue-talking Christian? Why is it that I won't go up to other Christians and say, hey, I talk in tongues. If I wear a Giants or an Eagles jersey in a giant stadium, why would I not do the other? Labels are to be moved on from or attained to. Here are some types of labels. I gave you four types of labels here to close this off with. First off, there are God-given labels. There are labels that God has given to us. God says, I'm looking at you, and this is what I see. You're a stiff-necked people. You're corrupted. You're a mighty man of valor. God looks at us, and he sees some things, and he said, this is what I, this is what I see. God give, there's a God-given label. Just because God gave you the label doesn't mean you cannot, over, cannot overcome the label. He may just be trying to pinpoint, this is where you're at. Now get out from it because it's going to hold you back. When he came down to, to, to uh, Saul and he said, you're persecuting me. You are a persecutor. That's the label I have on you. You are a persecutor of me. Now you got a choice. Move on from it or continue to embrace it. He said, you know what? I'm going to move on from this. I'm not going to do this anymore. And God said, wise choice. 
It's a very good choice. There are God-given labels. There are man-made labels. There are labels that people put upon us. Sometimes it's because of things that we've done that were wrong. Sometimes it's because of things we've done that were right. If we've got a man-made label put on us, folks, denying it does not help. Attacking the person who put the label on us doesn't help either. The woman from Tyre doesn't come up there and Jesus says, Stop calling me a dog! She didn't say that. She acted according to the other label. No, no, no. I see myself as a faith person. I'm going to walk on this way. This is what I'm going to do. God-given labels, man-made labels. Third, self-imposed labels. These are labels I just decided, you know what, I like that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this. I'm going to tell everybody else this is what I'm at. I'm going to let everybody else know. Now, Abraham didn't go out there and pick the name for himself. God did. You're going to be Abraham. Israel didn't pick the name for himself. God did. You're going to be Israel. Gideon didn't pick, didn't, did not pick man of valor. God did. But some people want to go out there and put this label on themselves. Some, we've seen some people in the Word of God. They went out there and wanted to pick at the label king. They wanted to pick the label prophet. They wanted to pick the label apostle. They wanted to pick all kinds of labels out there and God didn't pick it for them. There can be some self-imposed labels out there. You make sure that if you do that, that God's behind it. Fourth, generated. Labels that are generated. These are labels that are generated from obedience. They are generated from faith. They are generated from, from us doing what the Word of God told us to do. The woman with the issue, or not with the issue of boy, I guess you can use her too. She had a generated label. She was also called a woman of faith. The woman from Tyre was called a woman of faith. But she generated that label, didn't she? She acted according to the principles. And God says, oh, look at that faith going on there. You're, you're a woman of faith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. Generated. You can generate some labels for yourself simply by obeying the word. Simply by being fruitful. Simply by being faith-filled. Walking according to the things of God. This is what you can do. You can generate these labels for you. You can also generate bad ones. You can always be, go around being angry and bitter and nasty and harsh and rude. How many of y'all know you'll generate some labels for yourself that way? Not necessarily good ones. Ones that we're going to have to feel like we're going to have to overcome later on. Don't be afraid of labels. Embrace them. Grab a, go out there and grab some good labels. And wear them with pride. It's not wrong to be pride, to have pride in those things. God wants you to have some pride in that. It's wrong to be prideful. Don't mistake the two. Don't ever mistake the two. You can take pride in the fact that, I'm, you know what, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe the Word of God is true. I stand up for the Word. We can do that. Have a label. Stand out there wear it proudly, just like you wear that Eagles jersey. Just like you wear that Phillies jersey in the day that Cliff Lee was signed. I mean, come on, you're excited. Go out there and you put that stuff on. You're wearing that. See, see who? This is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Wearing college uh, shirt or the wrong college hat or something like that. <laughs> right? Uh, that, can, that can come into play too. <laughs> but we, we can wear labels. We shouldn't ever be ashamed of them. If you have a label that you are ashamed of, then you ought to change it. You should be doggone proud of whatever label that you have. But you know what? You never have to get obstinate and defend a label. You just be what it is.
I don't have to be obnoxious in my Christianity and drive people away. I can just be so glad and so proud I'm a Christian that people say, wow, look how you operate. Look how excited you are about being a Christian. Look how excited you are about the Word of God. This is neat. And they want to find out why you're so excited about this. What is so great. But you don't have to put other people down for their labels. You don't have to put them in their place. The world is not going to be a better place, folks, if we get rid of all of our labels. This group that came on out there and has that as a premise is wrong. Because first off, I'll bet you none of the people in that group are getting rid of their labels. They just don't want to talk about them. They're ashamed of them because it's not generating what they wanted to do. Wear your label. Labels, wear them proud. This is what God's called me to. This is what God has said about me. This is what His Word says. This is who I am in Him. Wear them proud. Don't hide them. Don't listen to these guys that are out there trying to say, oh, we just need to all get rid of all of our labels and just all, you know, just uh, not see this anymore and not see that anymore and, and get rid of this. You know what? No. Folks, we can look around. We can see differences in all of us. But I never have to convince anyone to be different from who they are in order for me to get along with them. We're here to love them. Walk with them, talk with them, enjoy them, have fun with them. That's what we're called to do. Enjoy the labels that you have. And if there's a single label that you have that's been put on you from other people, from God, or in any other way, and you are ashamed of it, then you better figure out, should I have this label at all? And if not, then I need to start working to get rid of it. Because there should not be a single label in your life that you are ashamed of, that you're not working right now to get rid of. I'm going to change that. I'm not going to be a denier. I'm not going to be a faithless person. I'm going to be a man of valor. I'm going to be a woman of faith. Father, we thank you that you looked down upon us and yet you put some labels on us. You put some labels on us because you want the world to see. That's mine. That's my child. They belong to me. You mess with them, you mess with me. That's my believing saint right there. That's my faith-filled person. And then sometimes, Father, you have labeled us with some things that we need to be a little more cautious of. Instead of having that label that says we're machine washable and warm or cold, it says we have to be dry cleaned in a few areas. We may look at that and say, you know what, I shouldn't be so delicate there. I need to toughen up. I need to get myself ready. I shouldn't be letting people bother me in that area. I'm going to work on that. Thank you for labeling that for me. Thank you for showing me. That weakness is there. Father, I thank you that these labels that you have put on us, that we have seen from the Word of God, that you have spoken to us about, we can change some of them. We can strive after the ones that you said, this is what I want you to be. But we sure don't ever need to run away and hide. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.